Welcome to the Plug Boats Podcast. The podcast all about electric boats and boating. Hi, I'm Jeff Butler, editor of the PlugBoats.com website, and today we're going to be talking with Michael Andre, who picked up an old boat and two-stroke gas outboard for next to nothing with the idea of electrifying it to see if his dream electric boat trip would be possible and feasible. You'll find out what's involved in taking the gas power head off an outboard's lower unit, what's involved in putting an electric power head on that unit, where to buy an electric motor to do it, and lots more. So without any further ado, let's meet Michael. Michael, did you have any particular experience in doing things like this? No, I'm a computer programmer. So no background in mechanics or construction or engineering? I didn't do car or motorbike or anything before. The closest I've done is just bike repair. Growing up, we had a wood shop and all that. And probably the best part about growing up in my family uh, was we had cousin Nick and uncle Peter. And why was that so good? Cousin Nick is a mechanical engineer. He has his own machine shop. Uh, He used to make tools and all that. And his dad, uncle Peter, uh, is a literally, he's an inventor. Well, it sounds like you've got the right team for your project, but what was it that made you originally want to take a gas outboard and turn it into an electric outboard? For years and years, I I was sort of looking at like all the cool cars you could do, hearing about advancements in electric cars, and then all of a sudden I was like, wait a second, what about a boat? I said, man, it would be so cool to go down to Niagara Falls in a boat, but it'd be really cool if that boat was electric. And just to be clear for our listeners, Michael wants to go to Niagara Falls, not over Niagara Falls. And he lives in Toronto, Canada, which is about 50 kilometers, 30 miles from Niagara. Sorry, Michael, you were saying. So I was thinking to myself, maybe I can figure out a way to build an electric boat that'll get me there and back. I looked around and I was like, oh, hey, you can get a boat for 500 bucks. A boat and I'm assuming a a motor. Uh, it was a 55 horsepower Johnson Seahorse, 1972. So you're going to electrify this old Johnson. And is this the motor and the boat that you're going to take to Niagara Falls? The overarching goal of the whole project was a step one in my, my challenge to myself to go from Toronto to Niagara Falls by electric boat. Okay, so you don't care about the hull that much, and even the motor you don't care as long as the lower unit's good. I mean, you're going to switch it from fossil fuel to electric. When I bought this boat, I specifically spun the propeller by hand just to make sure it's still spun. The guy was like, do you want to see the engine all? I'm like, no, 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 that's okay, that's okay. The propeller spins. So you bought a boat, but you don't really care about the hull, and you don't really care about the motor, and you're going to turn it into an electric boat to take you to Niagara Falls. I can only imagine that when you told people your plans, there may have been a couple of doubters. Uh, I bet my boss a steak dinner that I would have it done by the end of May in 2019. Okay, well, we're up against the clock. Uh, Let's find out how it all went. What was the first thing you did? So I took my buddy uh, down to the marina, down to Port Stanley. We threw it in the water and he was like, wow, a lot of steps to getting a gas motor running. and, and we sort of got it turning over on land a bit, uh, but we just couldn't get it turning over in the water. The key broke. We couldn't figure out how to hotwire the thing. Uh, it was his first experience with boating, and it was, it was probably one of the more successful boating trips you'll ever go on. No kidding. I imagine many of our listeners can sympathize with the uh, issues in getting a, an old two-stroke up and going. So just to set the stage here, you're going to take that outboard, you're going to take the gas power head off, 
keep the lower unit, and then you're going to put an electric power head on, an electric motor, and have yourself a new electric outboard. Yeah. You know, it. when you describe it, it sounds really simple. When you do it, 80% turns out way simpler than you expected. And, uh, and then just, you get weird hiccups. Okay, well, take us through it step by step, especially the easy parts, because uh, then we'll have plenty of time for the difficult parts. Well, the easy part is finding a boat. Everybody wants to sell their junky old $500 boat. You will never, never go wanting for, for fresh material. Um, the second easiest part is you can actually pull a power head off in about 45 minutes. Well, that must have been a pleasant surprise. I assumed it would be a day or two of bizarre tinkering, but you release the lower unit with eight bolts. And as we said before, you're not a mechanic. It's not like you do this all the time. I, I didn't even know how much would be left. We, we sort of pulled stuff off until nothing else would come off, and then we measured from there. So once you've taken off everything that comes off, uh, what's left? What does the lower unit look like? Uh, you're looking at a sort of square piece of metal that sticks up. It has two holes. One is where exhaust goes out, and one is where water comes up. Then there's another hole in that, which is where the drive shaft comes up. And when you look at that, you see kind of a, a spline on the top. So it's like a gear. Now that slides into an exact opposite into the bottom of your power head. So into the bottom of the gas power head. But we're throwing that out, so why do we care about the gas power head anymore? So we cut the connector in the old power head off. The female part of the spline on the power head, you can glue that onto your electric motor so that our new electric motor would just couple right in exactly how the old power head did. Ah, makes sense. Otherwise, you can't really connect your motor to your lower unit. Okay, so we'll keep that bit. Uh, sounds like it's time for out with the old and in with the new. Uh, let's bring in the electric motor. First of all, where did you get it from? So I went on Alibaba, did a whole bunch of research in motors, and what you're really looking for is an AC induction motor. Um, they're used in cars, they're used all over the place, they're used anytime you really want a high efficiency, high powered, really nice electric motor. And so what model did you decide on? A AC 10 kilowatt motor is going to be exactly what I want in the, in the sort of price, power, quality range for this boat. So this is a motor from China, from which company? Uh, it was from Golden Motor. Shenzhen Golden Motor, I believe. Oh, Golden Motor also makes a range of outboard motors, uh, easy outboards. But I take it that the motor you bought uh, alone was not specifically for a boat motor. This is a 10 kilowatt motor for a car conversion. So when you buy it, do you just get the motor alone? You get the motor and you get a motor controller, um, which is sort of how you adjust the speed of the motor. It controls it. And because it's a car conversion kit, not a boat conversion kit, you get a gas pedal instead of a throttle. So we had an electric boat with a gas pedal throttle. It was epic. Very cool. So how big was the motor in dimensions, not in power? The motor's about 14 inches long, comes in a crate about 15 inches long. If you've ever tried to pull out a 40 kilogram motor from a box about a quarter of an inch bigger on each side, it's uh, it's a fun challenge. 40 kilograms is almost 90 pounds. That's pretty heavy. A part of that is it's not the world's most valuable motor that we bought. Um, and part of it is just you've got big coils of copper. And did you care about the size compared to the other motor? 
Did you want it to fit under the original cowling, for instance? The original hope, you know, was to make it fit under the cowling and all that. Uh, but it sort of became obvious it didn't quite fit. It was just, it wasn't going to be worth it. Okay, so you've taken the old motor apart. You've kept that female spline part. Uh, the new electric motor has come in. What do you need to do to put the electric motor on the old lower unit? Uh, built the adapter plate. So you need to make a box that has four holes on the bottom. You need to cut a hole in that where your drive shaft comes up. And then you need to have holes on the top of your box that line up with your electric motor. And you're going to attach that female spline part that you saved to the shaft of the electric motor. Yeah. The goal is to get that electric drive unit to line up exactly with the power shaft. You're effectively recreating the connection that used to exist on this brand new 2019 motor. So how do you go about building one of these adapter plates? Now you take Cousin Nick out for a steak dinner and uh, you, you convince him to cut a piece of metal. Okay, what if I don't have a Cousin Nick? If you don't have a Cousin Nick, you get an Uncle Peter. Okay, and? Failing that, and I admit that's pretty rare and magical to have that in your life. Failing that, you have to measure the holes. Okay, so if you measure it up, you can cut it yourself or you can take it to a machine shop. But it sounds like you need to measure it very accurately. It was by far the most complicated process because it was the one thing where you're not just ripping something off or just putting on a new piece. It's the one custom piece you have to do. Okay, so things are moving along, the motor's coming together. Uh, but it occurs to me at some point, uh, you're going to need a battery. For the battery, I contacted a guy up in Quebec who takes scrapped cars, scrapped EVs. And I was the most lucky person on earth to grab two modules from a Chevy Bolt. They're about 10 kilowatts. So before we go any further, what is exactly meant by a battery module? So a module is made up of 28 cells. Um, and each cell provides a couple volts, so you get a 96 volt cell. So a cell is kind of like a battery that we would buy at a convenience store. Yeah. If you think, uh, you know, your, your camera or any electric device you have, you have a little AA battery in it. That's your cell. So a 96-volt module is essentially a whole bunch of batteries strung together. And like all batteries, they are direct current, DC. So I would like to go back to something earlier in our podcast. <laughs> decided that a AC car conversion electric motor is going to be exactly what I want. You've got an AC alternating current motor and a DC direct current battery module. Now what? Now obviously you can't just connect the two. So that's where the second thing they came over from Alibaba, that's where the motor controller comes in. And if you remember, that's what adjusts your speed as well. Think of the motor controller as the brain of your boat or your car, whatever you're controlling. So you stick the batteries into one end, you bolt them on, they have the little round head, sort of like battery in your car or whatever, and then you attach the other end uh, of the motor controller with three wires, interestingly. So there's a positive and negative out of the battery, and there's actually three wires because it's three phases. Okay, I don't think we're going to have time today to get into all the different kinds of uh, electric motors there are. We'll save the rest for another podcast.
Now, how do you hook up the gas pedal? <laughs> oh, the gas pedal's the best part. Uh, it's got little clips on the end, it's got a big long wire, and you just clip it into the motor controller. Okay, so you've got the electric motor all lined up with the lower unit. You've got everything attached through the controller, the batteries and the motor and the gas pedal. Sounds like you're ready for the big launch. This is the beautiful day. You're ready to go. I had mom out with champagne. And we had canapes and like little, you know, sausage rolls and all that. We tried to get a band, but turns out it's hard to get a band when you're just launching a little electric boat. <laughs> oh, I can bring a band here. So we backed the boat into the water. Uh, we forgot to put the stern plug in, so we quickly rushed and put the stern plug in. That's another classic. And we pushed the pedal and it went. It was actually mind-blowing. <laughs> like, to think, here's this motor we got online and here's this 1972 outboard and it's it's a fascinating fusion of the two and to sit there you know with all my friends around being like what's gonna happen and it just backs up and zips around uh and i actually uh, brought my buddy that was down there for the first time with the gas extravaganza where we snapped the key off and everything failed i wanted to show him the difference between gas and electric and your bet with your boss and I won my home-cooked dinner. Congratulations. So you've been through quite a journey on this, taking things apart, putting them back together. When you look back on it now, what was the best part of it all? Michael? I just wanted to give you a demo of what silence sounds like. Because that was the boat. It was absolutely silent. And I'll tell you the interesting thing about going out on an electric boat is you don't remember how loud gas boats are. So this thing happened to me where we went out, we went around, I was like, well, it doesn't quite plane. Like, it's pretty fast, it's fun, but it's like, it's a first try and like, it's good, you know. Then I went on my aunt's boat. 30 horsepower, 14 foot, Grady White, great little boat. You can't talk to the person you're sitting beside. And all of that just comes flashing back to you. And you're just like, wow, I miss this electric motor. And that maiden voyage with your very quiet electric motor, how long were you out on the water? Maybe 20 minutes or so, 30 minutes. And did you do measurements of energy usage and battery charge? Well, we had a voltmeter. So as we're driving along to, to figure out how much battery we have left, I'm sitting there with a voltmeter on each side of the boat, reading the voltages out, you know, and I'm like, hey, gas it for a sec. I want to see how much voltage we drop. And, you know, go at an even speed for a bit. I want to see what our voltage is. So it was really a scientific experiment. And so how much of the battery's charge did you use? It's an interesting question. Most of the value of an electronic battery and a car company like Tesla is amazingly in the battery management technology. And while you think of a gas tank and you're like, well, I shoved a rod in it, half of it's wet, I've used half my fuel, uh, I'm only beginning to understand how much power you draw from a battery because your amps change, your volts change, there's as complicated things as happens. So the rough guesstimate is we used about five or 10% of the battery while we were out there testing it out. Good information about battery management systems. 
Anything else that you learned during your trials and tribulations and tests? So the, the things I really learned is one, you want good batteries. I actually had really good batteries. Two, for everybody out there, you really want to use water-cooled. Water-cooled motor and a water-cooled controller. Because electric boats are constantly running. Electric cars, you know, you press your gas pedal to speed up, you let it off to cruise. But an electric boat actually produces a lot more heat than you'd think. And your motor meant for cars was an air-cooled motor. The one we got was an air-cooled motor for simplicity. Uh, this was just the test boat because we really wanted to get out, we wanted to see it could be done, and we wanted to sort of figure out all the parameters. So I'm actually putting that motor in a Triumph Spitfire and I'm going to look at getting a water-cooled motor, the sort of motor you'd actually want for a trip like this. Speaking of learning, can you give us an idea of how much everything cost? I bought the boat for 500 bucks. And that's including the 1972 Johnson two-stroke. The motor, the controller, and the gas pedal from Alibaba, that's all the cool stuff, was 1250 bucks. The battery, the gentleman up in Quebec happened to be driving in, so he gave it to me for 900 bucks. Uh, I just had to wait for him to be driving into town. And of course, then there's Cousin Nick. Cousin Nick, all your friends, spare parts and things you kind of need, like a little fiberglass repair here or there, and, and sort of those other expenses it kind of added. You got to just pad it out with a thousand dollars of steak dinners to make these things move right. But then on the plus side, you had the dinner you won from your boss. He did a really nice dinner, my boss. Uh, it was fish, I think, actually, in honor of a boat. So I'm... I'm down a steak dinner and I'm up a fish dinner, but the real win is an electric boat. That seems like a perfect way to sum things up. Thank you, Michael. On this episode of Plug Boats Podcasts, we've been chatting with Michael Andre, a computer programmer and home tinkerer who took us through his experience of converting a fossil fuel outboard motor to an electric outboard. I'm Jeff Butler, editor and publisher of PlugBoats.com, and I'd like to thank Michael and thank you for listening. I also invite you to listen to our other Plug Boats podcasts or visit us at PlugBoats.com for all the latest news and information about electric boats and boating all over the world. Music for the Plug Boats podcast is by bensound.com.